Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Cal Turner, Jr., On today's podcast, we will be talking about Cal's trials and tribulations both within his family and family business, Dollar General, what he learned, and how his experiences working in a family business might benefit you where you are today in your family business. Cal Turner Jr. grew up in a Scottsville, Kentucky household where business and family were one. After graduating from Vanderbilt University, he served three years as an officer in the United States Navy before beginning his career at Dollar General. He served as CEO for 37 years, and during his tenure, the number of Dollar General stores rose from 150 with sales of $40 million to more than 6,000 stores with sales in excess of $60 billion. Well, hello, Cal. I am so so excited that you could join us today for this edition of Family Business Today podcast. I'm delighted and honored to be here, Greg. <laughs> oh, great. That's great. Well, well, we're going to have some fun today and uh, just enjoy the time. So thank you so much for joining us. So, yes, and- so, Cal, you recently wrote a book, My Father's Business, The Small Town Values That Built Dollar General Into a Billion Dollar Company. Uh, I want you to know that I thoroughly enjoyed reading it, and I'm looking forward to uh, hearing uh, more about it today. So why was it so important for you to write this book about the Turner family business now? As I have reflected on my career some 15 years after retiring from Dollar General, Greg, I realize that I have been mentored by some of the best And I owe it to uh, anybody who might read the book to uh, try to mentor them in the book uh, and to share with them uh, lessons that I learned in my 37 and a half years that might help them. And so this book is, is my attempt to mentor the reader, and I actually dedicated the book to the reader. Oh, that's awesome! That is awesome. Well, let's let's dive in a little bit about your family and and some of the uh, relationships and everything else. So, your grandfather was Luther, and your dad was Cal. You mentioned early on in the book that your father had a young man's ambition, and your grandfather Luther had an old man's caution. What did you mean by that? Well, well, they. Uh, came from a very different life experience. Luther Turner uh, had to become uh, almost an old man at the age of 11 when his father was tragically killed, and he was the oldest of four kids, and he had to take over the the family farm, hmm. which was heavily mortgaged, and he only had a third-grade education. Wow, okay. That that made him into an old man pretty fast. I see. But but he, he was an incredible person in 
that that he, with God's help, uh, got some real life lessons from his plight. For example, he only had a third grade education and assumed that everybody he met was therefore smarter than he, <laughs> and he should learn something from everybody he met. <laughs> and I believe Luther Turner is the smartest man I've ever known. Wow. As a result of being determined to learn something from everybody else. Hmm. Hmm. That's but great. he was conservative. He was conservative. Sure. He believed in saving something out of every check. And if he hadn't saved his money and worked hard, uh, there wouldn't be a Dollar General today because uh, Cal, his only son, was uh, ambitious and confident, and uh, he... He believed in expanding and growing, and he needed Luther's financial backing. Hmm. That's not, well. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, um, I, I see that often in in with families and that are working together. So, so you had uh, Luther, uh, who was uh, uh, cons- conservative, constant learning, and you had your 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 dad, who was a young man's ambition, wanting to expand and grow. So, I c- I can see a lot of stress and probably sometimes some conflict uh, between. Uh, your grandfather and your and your dad, uh, because of this. So, uh, and uh, so, what would be your advice to a, a parent and a child who are working together uh, in a business uh, and are feeling some of these similar stresses? Well, I'm um, I'm smart enough to know that every family situation is unique to that family, and mm-hmm. and. Whatever the family situation, um, being in business together uh, can compound the complexity. And a family uh, is complex by itself, but then in family business it is. Um, The relationships between um, uh, generations uh, often define how family can work together in business mm-hmm. but um it's but i i do think there's there's so much uniqueness to every different family business situation that that i neglect to put myself forth as an expert on anything <laughs> but the turner family there you go and dollar general sure, <laughs> sure. that's all i know greg i understand <laughs> Well, you know, uh, you speak very, very fondly of your of your mother in the book. Uh, uh, while oh, yes. I, I, while I don't believe she was ever really actively involved in the family business, what was her role in holding the family together when conflict or disagreement arose in the family business? Well, <laughs> my mother was amazing greg she had grown up with three brothers her father suddenly died when she was 18 and and she helped raise uh, her younger brothers and in all of that my mother understood men well 
Okay. And knew how and knew how to manage them. Okay. Um, she knew when she should give them a little free reign, and when <laughs> she should rein them in, and and always did either one of those with such finesse that uh, the man being managed uh, accepted her management. She, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she she was she was a powerful influence and and she was uh, determined to help the family to get through whatever it was going through she would often say about whoever uh, had a problem well it's just a stage she's going through we'll get we'll all get through this (laughs) and sometimes she'd be talking about one of us kids sometimes she'd be talking about my dad sometimes she'd be talking about herself yeah but she she knew how to referee, she knew how to to nurture and encourage, and she was absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's great! Yeah, I I, I hear that so often. Is is that the the, the most important uh, uh, person in a family business uh, is the mother? <laughs> so, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> well, you yeah. know, uh, I already know enough about you that uh, you like. Uh, uh, most Southern families um, uh, like to eat, but uh, Sunday dinner was an integral part of your family life. So, but what was it like growing up uh, in, uh, in your family around the Sunday dinner table? Uh, what did the Turner family talk about, and how did that influence you as you grew into an adult? Well, um, we always had a lot of family around uh, the Sunday dinner table Mm -hmm. and it would be it would involve grandparents and and parents and and kids and and we enjoyed being together now i will say that the turner side of the family was so heavily influenced by business that my grandfather turner and my dad would be too inclined to process business stuff Mm-hmm. And 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 the rest of us might get get tired of hearing about that, but that usually happened before the meal. And then when we got to the table, then everybody uh, was blessed by the wonderful food that my grandmother had prepared, <laughs> and and we we got beyond the stuff we had just had to listen to the business stuff yeah mm-hmm. and we enjoyed each other uh, we felt uh, a thankfulness to god that we had such bountiful food in front of us because uh, the turners had come from the farm and and they weren't wealthy by any means and uh, knew how to teach us gratitude for simple things like good food and and family and everybody being there to help each other out yeah uh, a plate of food in front of you solves a lot of of uh, uh problems and anger when you're when you're together as a family well, well it, it sure does especially if the food's darn good <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure that's for sure well well cal um uh I talk to a lot of uh, next generation uh, uh, children who are joining the family business, and uh, 
So, so your your dad was Cal Senior, and you were Cal Junior. Uh, so here's a question I'm asked often by next generation who's recently joined the family business. So what do I call my dad when I introduce him or talk about him in a business situation? So my question to you is, did you call uh, uh, Cal Senior dad, Cal, or Mr. Turner in a business situation, and why? <laughs> well, <clears throat> my father was always daddy. Daddy, okay. And that, that sounds uh, a little juvenile of me to have called him daddy, but that's who he was to me. Mm-hmm. I once had uh, a leadership guru type to tell me that now that I was CEO of a, of a public company, I should be more professional and I should not address my father as daddy. Okay. I said, yes, but that's who he is. <laughs> oh, well, that is who he is, and um, I I didn't have any problem referencing him as my father, but if I if I turned to him, I would call him daddy. Uh, it it the it just spoke to uh, the integrity of the father son relationship mm-hmm. that I'd recognized that he's. He's daddy. In a family business, you still have to have the integrity of the family connection, and uh, and some of that has to do with uh, what you have called your father or mother or whatever. Uh, so we had, and also we were we were in business in a small town. Mm-hmm. In a small town, you don't get tied up in the formalities and the appearances. And so uh, we could just use our normal reference to each other in almost every business setting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thanks Thanks for sharing that. I, I know uh, a lot of uh, young people are always concerned about that, you know, uh, I mean, I myself, uh, we we used to do do business with a lot of uh, large consumer uh, companies, but I, I would always introduce my dad as this is my dad, uh, Herman Lewis. So, uh, um, yeah. But uh, people seem to uh, stress is out of that. So, thank you very much. So, you're saying that uh, if a young uh, person is joining the family business, and they're in a business situation. If they want to call their dad, dad or daddy, that's okay. <laughs> I, I think it is. Good. I think it is indeed. And a part of your introducing somebody is that you want to make him comfortable with the person he's being introduced to. Right. And and you have to be you have to be genuine to establish that when it's a family person you're introducing. I see. I see. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Let's move on to this whole idea of of pleasing everybody. Uh, you, you oh talk, boy, yes. yes, you talk about that one, and and, and I have to tell you honestly is is that uh, that was a, a a challenge for me when I was working with my dad for so many years in our family business. But growing up, uh, you say that you wanted to please everybody, and were perhaps too concerned with what other people thought. 
How did that influence your relationship with your family, employees, board members, and investors when you eventually took over the leadership role at Dollar General? Well, I I think if you're too consumed in being a people pleaser, then you make it harder for people to know who you really are and um i under my mother's influence did did combine some humor with that mm-hmm. uh and and i um um the problem with being a people pleaser is that you have to keep on doing it and and um the bar keeps getting higher on you <laughs> right <laughs> as to what they expect so um uh a little bit of humor can help so that that uh, everybody realizes you don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> and you invite them to be genuine in their relationship with you also because if you set the bar too high everybody has to please everybody we there's some things you have to process in business that aren't pleasing. That's not. That's right. There's. It's. It's not always pleasing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Oh, very good. Well, you mentioned uh, your mother and stories, so I, I, I want you to tell a little bit about a story you talked about in the uh, uh, in the book. Uh, your mother oversaw your moral development. So tell us about her three rules on fighting. <laughs> I don't know if what that says about me that it was my mother who taught me to fight, but that that is who taught me to fight. And and she said she said, son, there are three rules of fighting. Number one, you're smart enough that you can talk your way out of a fight. So number one, don't ever get into a fight. N- number two. If you get into a fight, don't lose. <laughs> if you decide to hit someone, hit him hard. If that doesn't work, pick up a stick. If that doesn't work, pick up a rock. And there I was. My eyes got bigger and bigger. So that's rule number two. Now, rule number three is, remember, you're too smart to get into a fight. Don't ever get into a fight Uh, so number one and number three were the same and in the middle was that core if you ever get into a fight don't lose i guess i could have called that a fight sandwich oh i love that i love that story (laughs) thank you for sharing that thank you for sharing (laughs) well so you you were the ceo of a six thousand store uh, a publicly traded company with sales in excess of sixty billion dollars, but of six, it was six and a half billion. Six and a half billion. Excuse me, I got yeah, the sixty. The sounded wonderful, <laughs> but I, but I can't let that one go, Greg. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for. It was only six billion, Greg. Okay, only six billion. You know, uh, yeah. I'm a country boy, so that's a lot of zeros. But, <laughs> but so so anyway, you you. Uh, 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 eventually became CEO of this very, very large company. But like all of us who have worked in our family business, uh, there was always the first job in the family business. So 
tell us about your first job in the family business. How old were you, and how much did you get paid? Well, my first job, I think, is the only one I ever knew that I did well. And I was 13. <laughs> 13. And I, I swept the floor in the warehouse. Swept after the floor. School. Okay. And I got 25 cents an hour. 25 cents an hour. <laughs> but but now, in case you think I was overpaid, I'll tell you, I was good at sweeping floors. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, you, you learned that whatever you did, you did it well. That's correct. Thank you. <laughs> well, my first job, that's the only one I ever know for sure I did well. I tried to do them all well. But by golly, you can look back and see how well you have swept that floor. And, and all the other work I did, I didn't get that kind of immediate uh, feedback of the quality of work I'd done. But mm. sweeping the floor, I could tell I had done a good job. Oh, that's great. That's great. So uh, at one time, your dad, um, uh, uh, you, and your brother Steve were were all involved in the family business. So, so people are always talking about succession planning. So how did succession planning work in the Turner family business? We didn't do it. No. Oh, okay. That's, that's... In, in our Turner family business, we didn't do succession planning. It was just um, assumed that this was a family business, and uh, Cal and Luther started it, and, and Cal Jr. would be the successor to Cal. Mm-hmm. And I think we assumed that Steve would eventually be successor to his his older brother, Cal. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that we ever really got that far into even thinking about it. Um, our, our business was so all-consuming in the operations that we we didn't have time or take the time to be too reflective about uh, succession planning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and thank you. And, you know, uh, I find that in, in many family businesses uh, that I work with that, yes, you're consumed in that operational uh, side of it. And many times when that transition process starts is really when a lot of the family conflict comes forward. So you, so you, uh, thank you for being honest about that. You really didn't have succession planning. Uh, looking back at it in your perspective, would the transitioning and your relationship with your brother Steve have been a lot better if there had been some kind of succession planning uh, 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 been, uh, you'd taken the time to do some of that in your family business? Well, in this respect, um, Steve Turner and and I, Cal Turner Jr., are very different, even though we're brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Steve um, didn't want to ever work for his older brother. It there was just something in the the DNA that said uh, this older brother, this 
people-pleasing older brother of mine turns me off, and I don't want him ever to be my boss. He said that even while growing up. And uh, he thought more in terms of being a lawyer. And so what I regret is that when my dad came in to my office and said, well, I think it's time for Steve to come into the business, I should have pushed back. I should have said, now, we, we have some processing here to do about Steve coming into the business because Steve has always said, Daddy, that he doesn't ever want me to be his boss. Now, how is that going to work as this company grows and and somebody has to be the boss? Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we should talk about whether business is really what Steve should do because he's always wanted to be a lawyer. And so the the succession planning, <laughs> I, if, if you'd call it that, would be that I should have questioned uh, his initial entrance into the business because sometimes in family relationships, there are barriers to overcome that are difficult to overcome in business dealings with each other. Mm-hmm. And um, we we did eventually um, resolve that, though it was very painful. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, sometimes the best... The best cure to a problem is before the problem even gets started, you know. Sure, sure, sure. And also the uh, uh, moms and dads, they want to treat their their children uh, equally, and but they want to treat their children equally by, ha- by having them all in the business. And sometimes uh, it's really better if, if your brother Steve wanted to, to be an attorney would be to help your brother to be the very best attorney uh, that that he could be, that and so that yes. happens. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So, um, so you talk about your son Callister. Uh, he worked in Dollar General store during high school. I'm assuming that he probably swept the uh, warehouse floor like you did, and you probably paid him a little bit more than twenty five cents an hour. <laughs> I did, and I don't know that he ever started at the lowly level of sweeping the floor, though. <laughs> okay. So, so Callister did talk to you, though, at one time about joining the family business. Uh, what did you tell Callister? Uh, I discouraged his coming into the business because at that time we had already gone through some major relationship stress between uh, brothers in that business and some stress between my dad and me. And and Cal, like my father, was an only child. He was our only son. And I cherished our relationship and didn't want it to suffer the stress of business that I had encountered in other family relationships. Mm-hmm. So I discouraged it. 
And he, I remember his saying, well, now, Dad, um, I love the company. If there's a job in the company that's open that I'm qualified for, is it okay if I apply? Okay. I said, well, now, son, now, son, I want you to talk to me before you even do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, in a sense, I said no. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So that's father's love. Well, you talked yeah. about Steve a few minutes ago about a love for being a lawyer, but but I, I know that faith is very important to you. Um, I understand you considered becoming a Methodist minister after graduating from Vanderbilt University. So t- tell us about how you made the decision to join the family business instead of becoming a Methodist minister. Well, uh, growing up in that small town, in our family, uh, and in the community of Scottsville, Kentucky, uh, church was very important to us. And and um, my relationship with Christ is still my number one relationship in life, I have to say. And the sweet little old ladies of the church with with tears coming down their cheeks would say cal junior we're praying you're going you'll become a preacher and that made me want to join them and cry also the thought of being a preacher but then we got a new one a new preacher and he said i understand you're considering the ministry yes sir yes brother woodson i am well here's my advice don't do it <laughs> and i what no don't do it said do something else. Do anything else. Find anything else you can do besides being a preacher and do that because only if there's nothing else you can do are you called to be a preacher. I thought, oh, thank you. I'm liberated. I don't have to do that. And then I thought, well, uh-oh. What, how do I decide what I should do? And I began to challenge myself to consider life's greatest challenge of me. And I realized it was that family business. I I wanted to prove to the whole world who I am. <laughs> Very good. But I didn't want to be a boss's son. Sure. But I saw opportunity for ministry in the business because when I worked in those stores, I saw struggling salt-of-the-earth people come into our stores all the time, and I realized that that retailing can be a ministry to them, mm-hmm. and you can also recruit smart, wonderful talent from that customer base and build a good business with it. Yeah, and and that strikes me as as a great form of ministry. And so uh, I wasn't called into the institutional ministry, but I feel myself to have been called into the ministry of business. Wow, wow. Well, you certainly have a servant heart, and that's uh, thanks for sharing sharing that with us. You know, yes. uh, I, uh, Cal, I worked with in our family business for 17 years, uh, my dad died on April the 8th of this year at the age of 92. He retired at the age of 85 from uh, from, uh, 
from uh, our business. Like you, my relationship with my dad uh, was strained for many years after I left the family business. What advice would you give to a son or daughter to do about the relationship with their father before he passes away? Well, um, I um, I think any unfinished business in that relationship is probably unique to the relationship, mm-hmm. and it can be different uh, with whomever you're talking about. But um, I think I think most important is learning how to relate to your parent as an adult and as a friend in Christ. Um, And sometimes in the relationship with a parent, instead of being a son, you wind up having to assume the role of parent to your parent. Hmm. And in love for that parent, you need to have the adult maturity to step up to the plate and to do what is best for that dear person you love who happens also to be your father or mother. Hmm. But uh, I don't I don't have any do's and don'ts. I think they vary with the circumstances, and, uh, and I, I'm certainly not an expert on all circumstances. No, that's okay. That's right. Well, thanks, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate that. So you mentioned that work defined who your dad was. Um, based on your experiences, what advice would you give to a father and mother who's having trouble letting go and allowing the next generation to carry on the family legacy uh, like uh, uh, Cal did uh, let, uh, let go to let you carry on the family legacy as the CEO for Dollar General? Well, I think um, you need the um, honesty to admit what you're having trouble doing Mm -hmm. so that all of you can come together and address it. I mean, um, if, if that's much of life is about adequate identification of the problem Mm -hmm. and, uh, you've described a real problem in a family business. If, the older generation cannot let go. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think every older generation has the issue of how to let go, and if there can be honesty and discussion of that with the next generation you all can figure it out together. But um, 
you don't act as if a problem isn't there. Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen, I've seen, uh, or I think I've seen um, someone deny that he had the problem. Oh shoot, he can let go, but just watch him or her in action, and you can tell that they're teasing, they're kidding themselves. Mm-hmm. But but perhaps you've put your finger on the the big problem of family business that is in defining who is the boss uh, ahead of the stress of business demanding an answer to the question of who the boss is. Mm -hmm. And if you have an older generation uh, that can't let go at a time when the younger generation is already supposed to be the boss, you have a problem. All right, all right. Well, one last question, uh, uh, Cal. Um, I know that um, philanthropy uh, is important uh, to you and to the Turner Turner family. Um, why is that, and, and uh, why should other families, as they're considering transitions, wealth, uh, business, uh, so forth. Why, sh- why should they consider uh, the philanthropic side of of um, uh, their business and the blessings that they receive from it? Well, I can tell you, Greg, that Dollar General really succeeded when it adopted the two word mission statement: serving others. Life is about others. It's not about me. Now, that serving others so worked in business that it confirmed my belief that it works in all of life. And philanthropy is your opportunity to serve others, to pay back uh, we have all been so blessed that the only thing we can do to enhance our blessing is to be philanthropic and to consider what we should give to others to serve their opportunity for a better life. It. Uh, I I consider myself to be a selfish philanthropist because I've learned that I get so much out of it. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Well, uh, just uh, thank you so much. Uh, It's really been joy. We could stay and talk for a lot longer, and we'll we'll do some more of this later on. (laughs) Great, great. Great. Uh, yeah. Our guest today has been Cal Turner Jr., former CEO of Dollar General. Cal, thank you for being our guest on Family Business Today. Cal's book, My Father's Business, is a fantastic book for parents and children who are working together in business and desire to transition their business from generation to generation. To learn more about the Turner family and Cal Turner Jr.'s book, My Father's Business, Check it out at your local bookstore or find it online at Amazon.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee, 
Our passion is to help families deal with the unique challenges of working together in a family business and planning for a successful transition. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. 